your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Wednesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the app and join me uh, tomorrow night at around 9, 9.30 to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So as always, a lot to get to for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. It has been a banner week for the NHL. I mean, this one, we're going to obviously recap the Penguins' monstrous win against the Flyers on Tuesday. We're going to go over the plays with Travis Konechny and Sidney Crosby and then the Konechny slew foot on Rallis. And yes, Shane Gosser's play. But, you know, we're also going to look at how the power play looked with Evgeny Malkin having a three-point night. Sidney Crosby as well terrorizing the Flyers. Tristan Jari coming up with some huge saves. And, you know, I'm also going to take a look at what is probably going to happen tonight. And, you know, call out a lot of people for, you know, their hypocrisy, um, as I've seen a lot of that in the last 24 hours. But, you know, let's start on some positives. A big win last night for the Penguins. Uh, They get a little bit of payback of their own, as I said in the Locked On Now video. They gave up seven goals on Monday. They score seven goals of their own on Tuesday. Um, I think the game overall was not indicative of the final score. You know, it probably should have been a lot tighter, but the Penguins were able to pull away when it mattered most. It was really weird to see Alain Vigneault pull a goalie down two goals with like five minutes left. I mean, that was basically a full... Patrick Wall moment. I mean, I never really understand why teams do that. I think if you want to wait till the three-minute mark, I think that's okay. But the five-minute mark, that's just too much time. And you're just asking for um, the opposition to score an empty net goal. And that's exactly what the Penguins did to make it 6-3, courtesy of Mark Friedman. So now both of his goals this season have come against the Philadelphia Flyers. I thought I would point that out because that is honestly just funny as shit as he used to play there. Um, To get things started, though, Marcus Pedersen, I think, gets his second or third, I think it's his second goal of the season. His first goal, I believe, since the third game of the season. So really nice to see Pedersen get back on the score sheet. Um, what a pass it was from Jared McCann, and then Pedersen goes a uh, forehand, backhand, five-hole on Brian Elliott. And of course, uh, in case anyone did not know, Brian Elliott was playing in his 500th game last night. So it was a nice to see uh, the Penguins honor his 500th game by putting up uh, six goals on him. Uh, of course, the other one was an empty netter. So, you know, congrats to Brian Elliott on 500 games, but, you know, I know you probably won't be remembering this one as he got torched all game long. But that's the play that they're going to need from Pedersen down the stretch here. Well, I shouldn't even really say down the stretch. I mean, there's two games left. Pat Matheson's obviously not going to play in those. Um, but I think that's the play that from Pedersen that the Penguins are going to need to see um, in the playoffs when Matheson hopefully comes back. Um, just much more offensively engaged last night. Was good in the defensive zone. And, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast this year. I, I understand that he's become a little bit of the Penguins whipping boy. You know, but him playing next to John Marino, that is the Penguins' best shutdown pair with the shot suppression. I've said that um, a lot in recent episodes. You can put them out there against any opposition and they will get the job done. We just want him to put, you know, have more bit of an offensive bite to his game. And we saw that last night. So very nice to see him open the scoring. Um, overall, it was a good first period, I thought, by the Penguins. The Flyers really didn't have a lot of good looks. And honestly, the Penguins played a outstanding first 30 minutes before the Flyers turned it on, I think, for the next 15 to 20 minutes, and then Pittsburgh dominated the last 10 minutes 
of regulation to get the win. But as for the second goal, uh, great to see Jake Gensel get another goal. This is now four consecutive 20-plus goal seasons for him. Um, he, he's on a steal of a contract right now. Like I said, he, if he were to hit open market after this year, I think Gensel would get upwards of 6.5 to potentially over $7 million per. He is that good. I'll continue to say that he's a top-five goal scorer in the league. And it was a bit of a weird... Um, power play at the start with Evgeny Malkin um, looked very hesitant, I thought, a lot of times. It was a 2-1-2 going the other way. I think the Penguins had some good zone time. Um, you know, Latang is playing Drew perfectly fine. You know, he's playing up on him. And then Drew has this awesome saucer pass right to Sean Couturier. I don't really know why Malkin stopped skating there. He was really lucky that Tristan Jari was able to slide across um, to his right and make that save. Uh, I really, like I said, I really don't understand what Gino was doing there, but after that play, he was able to rebound a bit, get that shot on goal, get, I think, the primary assist on it, and then Gensel was able to clean up the garbage to make it 2 to nothing in the second period. Pittsburgh was able to make it 3 nothing just a few moments later as Cindy Crosby, um, with like three to four skaters around him, one of them being Ivan Provorov, redirects a shot in past Elliott. I still don't even know how he scored that. But, you know, it's just, it's Sidney Crosby. And, you know, I know I kind of dumped a little bit on Sid on Tuesday's episode. You know, shame on me for doing that. I, I'm not, I guess I'm not allowed to criticize Sidney Crosby um, ever again, even uh, in the slightest uh, criticism possibly. Because it wasn't even that bad. I just was like, yeah, you know, I'm getting just about 5-10% concerned. He's been off, I think, for the last week or two. Then, you know, last night has a three-point effort and looks like the Sidney Crosby that we have seen for most of the season. So I guess it serves as a lesson to me to never really go at Sidney Crosby. But overall, I thought the top line as a whole was great. Brian Russ was really engaged. Jake Gensel, of course, had a goal. I think he also had an assist. Overall, 14 of the Penguins' 18 skaters last night registered a point. So that's how good of a performance it was for the Penguins overall. But awesome performance from the top line. Sidney Crosby doing Sidney Crosby things. I know the Flyers are able to make it a game right after that. Justin Braun gets his first goal of the season. And also, this was his first goal, I think, since last season, which came against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I guess he has a knack of scoring against the Penguins. And I also think he scored against Pittsburgh in the 2016 Stanley Cup Final in Game 2, which tied the game. I think that was late in the third period, if I'm not mistaken, which sent it to overtime. I think he was the one that scored that goal. I'll have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure it was Braun. Um, that scored that. Um, another goal, though, after that, just lucky bounces. Two of the Flyers' three goals last night just came on very lucky bounces off skates and in. I mean, that goes to show you with the, the night before how the Penguins were very unlucky with puck luck as well. I mean, the, the puck was just bouncing Philadelphia's way almost every time in this two-game set. I mean, you, you saw it the night before with Alex Lyon sprawling back and making that save, but Jason Zucker had two cracks out of in an empty net. Another one where Shane Gossespierre reached back with his stick as the puck's about to go in. Um, another one during the night before where the puck go, makes a weird bounce off the boards, goes right to Claude Giroux's stick and past Casey to Smith. He basically had no chance on that. And then last night, you know, one goes off Jeff Carter's skate and past Tristan Jari on an innocent-looking pass. Another one goes off John Marino's skate as Tristan Jari kicks out the slightest of rebounds. Boom, it's in the back of the net, and it's a three to um excuse me it's a 4-3 game but also as well awesome to see Jason Zucker get on the score sheet last night that is what you want to see and that all started I'll break this down a little bit for you uh, when Kapman was really forechecking in the offensive zone really just hemming the Flyers in for a bit putting a lot of pressure on them and then Gino was able to corral the puck after Kapanen lost it and fired that ridiculous pass to Zucker who's all alone in front of the net goes backhand forehand top cheese on Brian Elliott. That's the kind of goal that you want to see from a player in Jason Zucker who has really struggled to score. 
as of late. And I understand that he has two goals in back-to-back games, but you know, the first one, the game was basically over. I know they made it 4-2, and maybe there was a chance that they could come back, but it likely wasn't going to happen. But last night, when the Penguins needed him most, and when the Penguins needed a goal at the worst time when they were getting a bit outplayed early on in the third period, uh, it was awesome to see Zucker rediscover his scoring touch. It's actually crazy to me that according to CK404 response code on Twitter, that he has the highest 5v5 goals per 60 on the team, except for Kasperi Kapanen and Brandon Tanev this year. So he's playing well, but the results have not backed up the process as much as it has with other players. Like I said, great to see him get on the score. I even saw some takes early on in this game that he's going to be a healthy scratch at some point in the playoffs. You know, don't listen to those people. I mean, a lot of those people have really good takes about the team as well, but I completely disagree with some people who think that Zucker is going to be a healthy scratch in the playoffs. I really don't think Sullivan has it in him to do that. And, I mean, I would maybe understand a little bit playing Freddie Goudreau over him, but at the same time, I would rather have someone like Jason Zucker in my top six in playing there than Freddie Goudreau, who is just basically a bottom six player. So, no, everyone. Jason Zucker is probably not going to be a healthy scratch. And then before we do get to commercial break, I'll touch on this goal. Sidney Crosby with his second of the night. When he goes down to one knee... It is over. <laughs> like No goalie in the world is going to make a save when Sid is down on one knee firing a slap shot top cheese. It is not going to happen. We've seen plenty of goalies over the years try to make a save in that situation. That was a vintage Sidney Crosby goal. And now I believe he's only two goals away from tying Mario Lemieux for the most goals ever scored against the Philadelphia Flyers franchise all time, no matter the player. And yes, everyone, that will be a record that Sidney Crosby breaks by the time his career um, ends. And also, if you look at that list for the most goals scored ever against the Flyers franchise, the top three goes Mary Lemieux at 51, Sidney Crosby, I believe, at 49, and then Yarmir Yager, I think, at 47. So the top three players that have scored the most goals of all time against the Flyers are not only three of the best players to ever live, but all three Penguins. So um, the Penguins franchise has just been tormenting the Flyers franchise um, ever since the late 80s and early 90s until now, which I find absolutely hilarious. But we still have a lot more to get to when it comes to this game and the league overall coming up in the next episode. I am going to touch on the Travis Konechny stuff, especially with Sidney Crosby and the slew foot on Brian Rust and, yes, the Mark Friedman stuff as well and why Capitals fans really just need to shut the fuck up when it comes to trying to compare this to Tom Wilson. But that's coming up in the next segment. And before we do get to that, it's time to talk about a couple of things, one of them being Bilt Bar. And I can't stress enough how many great flavors there are. I mean, there's nine delicious ones. My favorite, personally, is the Peanut Butter Bounty. I mean, I, I probably could eat three to four of these a day if I could. There really is something for everyone with coconut, coconut, almond, Cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and yes, peanut butter brownie. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can still get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have, including the peanut butter brownie, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the other ones have... 18 grams of protein, 130 calories, excuse me, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You can order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. For me personally, like I said, the peanut butter brownie. And there is still that offer. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. 
We also cannot forget about Locker Room. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Penguins podcast throughout our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week, tomorrow night on Thursday. I'll be hosting a room. I might even do a live watch party for the Sabres-Penguins game. I know it doesn't mean a lot. I mean, I obviously know the Penguins are still trying to win the division, but I I do want to try to do a live watch party. I think that's what I'm going to do uh, tomorrow evening. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Remember, there's also a beta out right now for Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Hunter Hodes to be notified when my room goes live. I know you will want to miss it. Like I said, I'm planning to be live tomorrow night around maybe 8, 8.30. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Penguins. See you there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. But all right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So there was a lot of nastiness that we saw in last night's game, and that's not typical for you know the Flyers-Penguins rivalry these last few years. Remember when they played them in 2018, um, definitely not going to live up to the hype that it was in 2012 with how ugly it was um, to, you know, with James Neal basically just running around with his head off and just taking headshots at Sean Couturier and stuff. But, you know, these last few years, the Penguins-Flyers rivalry has really gone downhill. I think it's kind of taken a back seat to Penguins-Capitals. You know, I, I really think Penns-Caps has been the premier rivalry over the last few years over the Penguins-Flyers one. But last night, you know, it took us bad a bit. You know, there was... Some bad blood. I mean, you saw what Travis Konechny did to Brian Russ. I really don't understand Travis Konechny at times. I mean, he he talks up this tough game and, you know, calls Jake Gensel a fucking nerd on the stadium series and, you know, talked about Evgeny Malkin with his earmuffs. But it's like, please just stop chirping. These chirps are just really, really bad for a professional hockey player. And then you saw last night um, with the Sidney Crosby-Travis Konechny situation. Here are my overall thoughts on this. I think both players should be fined. I mean, the people out there are calling for both players to be suspended. Shut the hell up. That's just such a laughable take. And then here's another one. You know, Sports Talk Radio in the D.C. area and just Sports Talk Twitter for D.C. sports has been so bad the last 24 to 36 hours. And for obvious reasons, a lot of the fans around here really don't know a lick when it comes to hockey. I said this on my episode yesterday in case you all did not listen um, I've been in this area for 18 years. I know I was born in Philadelphia, but I've spent most of my time here. I've grown up here. I went to elementary school, middle school, high school. I've listened to DC Sports Talk Radio way too much. Um, most of these people that are Capitals fans here, a lot of them really just don't know what they're talking about when it comes to the sport. I- I'm sorry. That is how I have seen it in the 18 years that I have been here. I mean, it, it, I, and I wouldn't just, you know, make stuff up about that. If I were in Philadelphia and it were the opposite, I would say as such, or Buffalo or Boston or who, wherever other city where there's a rival team, Columbus even, where the Penguins, of course, are rivals with the Blue Jackets. But it is especially bad in, in D.C. And to see people comparing the Sidney Crosby, Travis Konechny stuff to what Tom Wilson did and just this whataboutism bullshit, it's just a fucking joke. And I'm really sick and tired of watching these homers just try to, you know, compare it to something when it's not there. It's an apples to dinosaurs comparison. Again, if you really think it's the same kind of play and you're trying to absolve Wilson for what he did by looking at Sidney Crosby, I don't want to talk hockey with you. You know nothing about the sport. And it's probably best for everyone that you stop watching the sport and making yourself look like an idiot.
I, I think I can't be more clear than that. And, you know, obviously a lot of Caps fans are not going to stop doing that because that is how they are. They are some of the biggest homers that I have ever seen in my life. I'm sorry I'm spending a lot of time on this podcast talking about this the last couple of days, but it just really infuriates me um, to see so many people around this area not know a lick about hockey. And, you know, I kind of expect it. You know, they, they really didn't know anything before Ovechkin came here. And then, you know, of course, they jump all on the bandwagon. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you should probably educate yourself on the sport as much as you can before throwing out some of the stupidest takes I have ever seen in my life. Sidney Crosby and Travis Konechny, that play I can describe as this. Konechny literally has a headlock on Crosby and, of course, when Sid is going to get up, he's not just going to, like, take it. He's going to do something about it. And what he did was wrong. You know, he put his head on the ice a bit. You know, that can cause concussions. That is not right. And he deserves a fine for that. But also, Travis Konechny deserves a fine for not being able to take a hit when Crosby went after him for what he did to Brian West with his slew foot and then putting him into a headlock and not letting him go. You know, no player is just going to skate away when someone has them in a headlock. That, that's just not how the sport of hockey works. But I also put a lot of this on the league because a ref is just sitting there watching it unfold five feet away and they're not calling penalties. It's like, this is why the league is such a garage league and why everyone is stuck in the stone age with all this shit. They don't police it. They don't call penalties. And it's it's open season right now with this stuff. That is, I think, my biggest takeaway from all these plays from the last 24 to 36 hours, including the Sidney Crosby, Travis Konechny stuff. It is open season, and the refs don't care because they're not going to call it. You saw last night. The game is over. Mark Friedman uh, makes it 6-3. to three. He's going to the corner. Shane Gossespair just cross-checks him into the boards. He's lucky Friedman didn't break his collarbone or just give him a concussion or something like that because, remember, Friedman was concussed earlier in the season, which had him miss, I think, over a month um, I know he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time after coming back because the Penguins' defense was getting healthy, but he still was concussed. So that was just a chicken shit play by Shane Gosper. In a well-run league, that is at least a five-minute major or a 10-minute misconduct with a suspension coming. I know he's getting a hearing today, but also, you know, again, this goes back to the league. Where is the consistency? If you're going to give Shane Gossesbear a hearing, which he deserves to have on that plan of Mark Friedman, why are you not giving a hearing to Tom Wilson for the antics that he pulled on Pavel Buchnevich and Artemi Panarin? It makes no sense to me. And again, you know, Colin Campbell is the one who calls the shots here. George Peros, you know, he's the one who is Colin Campbell's parrot, puppet, whatever you want to call it. You know, Campbell is the real one that is stuck in the Stone Age, but it's like, wow, you know, imagine putting George Perez as the head of player safety when he literally had a shirt tagline that says, make hockey violent again. Yes, he actually sold shirts that had that printed on it. So it's almost like, wow, that was a pretty bad idea. But, you know, going back to the stuff from last night, there, there's no place for what Konechny and Crosby did. Both of them deserve fines. But you can't just be absolving Wilson for what he did just because, like, oh, wow, you know, Sidney Crosby and Travis Konechny, they engaged in a bit of a tussle, and then a few noggins were hit a couple times. It just it does not compare. And I'm really, really tired of seeing some people on Twitter saying that it does because you couldn't be more wrong. That's not an opinion of yours. You are just flat-out wrong in spewing 
spewing nonsense when there's really no need to spew out nonsense. But like I said, I'm not surprised that it's Capitals fans that are doing this, especially because, like I said, I have lived in Capitals country for 18 years, so I've seen how these people have acted firsthand. It's not going to get any better. They enable this stuff. They don't care what Tom Wilson does because they will always go defend him. As I said yesterday, I, I'm sorry, guys. He's not going to come over for a Shabbat dinner on Friday night. He's not going to come kiss you goodnight every night before you go to sleep. It's really not that serious, people. You can think that one play was really bad and that a player should be suspended long term while also looking at another play and think that it was bad, but also not as bad where they just deserve a fine. And that's exactly where that Crosby Connecty play is, at least for me. I will say, though, his slew foot on Rust was bad. I know Rust didn't return to the game until the third period. Hopefully he's not out and that it's not a classic of, oh, a Penguin player returns to the game, finishes the game, and then he's like day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week with like a lower or upper body injury. I'm really hoping that that is not the case with Brian Russ, but still not a good play there, I thought, from Travis Konechny. He, he should know better than that. And then I saw Konechny and Crosby jawing at each other a little bit in the box. I think Konechny was saying, like, yeah, I've tried to go after you for years to get you to go. Probably not the best idea to poke, poke the bear, uh, TK. I really think Sid would hand it to him in a fight, considering what we've seen him do to Claude Giroux and other players in years past with fighting. Um, as for the Mark Friedman situation... Um, I don't really know what he did to piss off so many of the Flyers players. You saw last night, which actually gave the Penguins a power play in the second period and actually contributed to the Penguins winning the game. Um, Friedman laid this uh, really good open ice hit. I think it was on uh, Joel Farabee. Jacob Voracek comes over and cross-checks him, gets the instigator penalty, and then Farabee uh, comes up and fights him. Both players go to the box, but Voracek gets the extra two for instigating and the cross-check. Penguins go on to score, and it's like, I don't really understand that. And then we get to the Shane Gosper stuff. It's like, it's a 6-3 to three game, and you're cross-checking a player into the boards. I know he played for your team prior to that, but the game is over, and you're intentionally just trying to hurt him by cross-checking him into the boards. Like, that is just loser mentality. You know, I really don't expect anything less from the Flyers franchise, though, considering what's happened since 1975 with that team. But, you know, I don't know if Mark Friedman banged someone's wife. I, I don't know if he cussed out a player. I don't know if he cussed out a coach. I don't know what he did, but for some reason, the Flyers players uh, do not like him, um, and it was still really cool to see him get that extra goal last night. That, like I said, that is now two goals on the season for him, and both of them have come against the Philadelphia Flyers, but you know, that is mostly all my thoughts, I think, on the roughhousing stuff from last night and the people comparing it to Tom Wilson when it really doesn't need to be compared to Tom Wilson. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what's probably going to come tonight between the Capitals and Rangers and about that Rangers statement while also um, looking ahead a little bit with the Penguins and going over some scenarios with y'all. Before we do that, though, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus. On your first deposit, that is BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code LOCKEDON. 
And remember, we cannot forget about Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. It can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. It can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, remember, go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That is wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. One more time, everyone. Go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So tonight is going to be a very interesting game uh, between the Capitals and the Rangers. I'm totally expecting a fight night, maybe a little bit similar to what happened with Penguins Islanders from 2011. Though I think the Islanders were a bit more uh, piss babies in that one because they were just mad that uh, Brent Johnson knocked out Rick DiPietro in one punch and then he had to miss the rest of the season. They literally called up all their AHL goons for that, and I would not be surprised if that's what the Rangers do for tonight. I'm really curious to see what happens, you know, but this is the league has had this coming, I think, for a long time, and it's no one's fault but their own. You know, they're going to get what they deserve tonight when they see this shit show that is about to go down between the Capitals and the Rangers. It is going to be pretty bad. You know, I think, I honestly think what's going to happen at the first drop of the puck, you remember that Rangers-Devils game from years ago where Tortorello was kind of barking at the other bench and three Rangers players and three Devils players dropped the gloves right off the faceoff. I would not be surprised, honestly, if we saw that tonight between these two teams. It is going to be bad. But like I said, the, the league, they have no one to blame but themselves for continuing to not police the game the way that they should. In a well-run league, Tom Wilson is suspended for at least a round of the playoffs, if not more. And honestly, you can make the case that he should be suspended for the rest of the season. I know in the NFL, um, that would probably be the case. I mean, this is the same NHL league that literally fined Henrik Lundqvist $5,000 for squirting a water bottle on Sidney Crosby during the 2014 playoffs. Yes, it was that pathetic that they actually fined him for that. But yet, they're going to find Tom Wilson the same amount for grabbing someone's hair, throwing him to the ice, MMA style, and then also sucker punching Buchnevich in the back of the head while he's face down on the ice. So they just, like I said, they've had this coming for a long time. And I don't think they're ready for the shit show that is about to come down tonight. And, you know, props to the New York Rangers for releasing that statement yesterday, calling for the head of George Peros. That was gutsy. It's something that I don't think we've ever seen before. I know I think we saw with San Jose back in 2013 when Rafi Torres got a pretty large suspension in the playoffs. They um, released a statement saying how they were displeased with the NHL for that. They got fined, I think, $100,000. Really curious to see what happens here with that. I wonder if Bettman's going to give them... Um, half a million or potentially even more. Even though, honestly, if I were the Penguins and other teams, I'd pony up money to the Rangers and say, hey, you know, we'll help you pay this line. We, we've had Tom Wilson do sh- shit to our franchises before. Here's $100,000 to help you pay this line. I mean, if I were the Penguins and Mario Lemieux, especially with what he said over the years with calling the league a garage league and sitting down with Matt Cook and stuff, I would 1,000% send money to the New York Rangers if they do get fined. But, you know, that, that was just a great statement, and I'm sure that came from Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. Maybe it came from David Quinn as well. It took a lot of, lot of guts to say it, 
And, you know, I loved how they said it was a horrific act of violence. And that's exactly what it was. I know Capitals fans are going to downplay that. Well, you know, what a bunch of babies. You guys are a bunch of sack of shits or whatever. It's like, just stop talking. It really is just enough trying to defend Tom Wilson and calling out the Rangers for what they feel like was an absolute joke or a horrific act of violence. Because in a way, it actually was. And, you know, I know a lot of the Caps people are just going to downplay it. And, you know, you expect them to because they're going to defend Tom Wilson. That's their guy. But overall, I love what the Rangers did with that statement. I wish they had a statement like that um, with what happened with Keandre Miller, I think, during the start of the season or during the offseason where there was a lot of racist people that went into his Zoom and called him a lot of racist names. Like I said, I really wish the Rangers would have made a statement after that. But it was still really nice to see the Rangers, again, make a statement last night as no NHL team has ever called for the removal of someone in power such as George Peros and really sent a message to the NHL that this is not good enough and that the status quo needs to change. And it 100% does. I mean, we can't just be doing the same thing every season and expecting different results. That is the definition of insanity in case anyone forgot. But I think we'll end the episode on that note. Overall, great win for the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. They get back into first place and they only need uh, one more win to at least clinch uh, a spot in the top three for the division. But if they do win out these last couple of games against the Buffalo Sabres, they will clinch home ice for at least a round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, and, I, and if they want to get first place, they will need the Capitals to lose at least one of their remaining uh, four games in regulation, um, as well as the Penguins winning out to get their first division title since 2014. So they're on the cusp of it. We'll see what happens here in the next few days. I will have another episode tomorrow talking about the Buffalo Sabres game before another one on Friday to wrap up the week. So I can't wait to talk to you all then, and I hope you all have a great rest of your Wednesday.